Are you familiar with the term religious narcissist? Today we're going to dive into sometimes misunderstood concept of religious narcissism, what that actually looks like, just to be able to talk through some common traits, some different tactics, and the impact that it has on you and on other people in your life when you're involved with a religious narcissist. How much does it actually affect? How much does that impact you as a person? On multiple levels. If you guys are new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel to provide awareness of narcissistic abuse and to liberate you from the trauma bond, from the obsessive thoughts, from the addiction of going back to this toxic person over and over and over again. If you're at this place where you're struggling with this, I want you to reach out for help. Go to rawmotivations.com. would love to be able to talk to you so we can help you move forward in your healing process. So we step into the concept of religious narcissism. Growing up, I was heavily involved in all types of religious aspects. Christianity, a piece of that, just understanding, hey, this is what it looks like. This is how you're supposed to act. This is how you're supposed to be. And a lot of that had more to do like overtly and subliminally about um, conforming. Like looking more and acting more apart than it did about having an actual connection with a supreme being. And so the majority of the time, there was this difference of like opinion and difference of thought that end up being narcissistic in nature when we talk about religious. And so we're going to step into this frame of identifying and talking through religious narcissism because oftentimes you're going to see this as like a wolf being in sheep's clothing inside a church, a congregation, interaction, whatever that might be of a religious narcissist that uses aspects to be able to manipulate other people. So... What is it? So religious narcissists oftentimes is using their faith as a cloak to be able to hide the true nature, to be able to hide the things that are actually going on. And so he may appear this pious and devout person on the surface, but underneath the actions reveal a different story. Underneath, there's more of the manipulation, the passive aggressiveness, the different pieces. And yes, the majority of the time we're talking about a narcissist in the church or in a religious organization, we're talking more about covert or communal narcissism, which has more of a servitude attitude about it. And so oftentimes you'll have a narcissist that looks and acts a certain way, but that's just the surface level, right? It's just what people see. Oftentimes these individuals exhibit, exhibit different traits like the grandiosity, but it is hidden in a different aspect. It's not like, hey, look at me, I'm so wonderful, but it's like, let me serve, and then people thank me, and then I feel wonderful. See what I mean? Like, it's still looking for, like, I'm so amazing because people say I'm amazing. Now, oftentimes, there's a piece of, like, entitlement of, like, this is what I should have. I should have access to this person. I should have access to this this piece of, of whatever it might be. You're going to see this oftentimes in the marriage dynamic when a religious narcissist is using it to be able to manipulate his wife. Like, you're supposed to give me sex whenever I want because I'm the leader of the household, so obey me, right? Completely taking the scripture out of context, but trying to be appear and act like, oh, this is what our faith says, so you need to please me. Not true, okay? But they'll typically use faith, they'll typically use scripture, they'll typically use religion to be able to convince other people to do what they want them to do. Entitlement, okay? Also is used a lot of times just to hide the lack of empathy, okay? I'm like, well, you just have a sin problem, you just have something you need to work on, not really caring or identifying with the feelings and needs of others as they're struggling with it. Oftentimes, narcissists will manipulate religious texts, manipulate scripture to justify their behavior. So like, well, this is what you're supposed to do for me. This is what you're supposed to give. This is how you're supposed to show up. And oftentimes it becomes like controlling and emotionally abusing other people within that community. 
Okay, so it's not just like in necessarily a relationship. It could be within the whole religious community because they feel entitled to have that to everybody. Okay, now when we talk through different aspects of religious narcissism, what what do we actually see? Like, what are some of the tactics? Obviously, a piece of it is the whole faith aspect becomes a weapon. The whole scripture and twisting scripture because, uh, oh, look what I can get out of this. Look what I can actually do. Okay, when we talk through religious narcissism, a lot of times they'll employ different tactics to just assert control and power. And you're going to see this a lot of times in, in various churches and big churches of like, let's look of how big we can be, of how powerful we can be, of how to look and act a certain way to make us feel better about ourselves. And so you'll see different aspects of gaslighting that's in the church. That's in like, that didn't happen. You didn't really see this. This really wasn't that big of a deal. And it's like putting down their behaviors to be able to justify it by scripture, to be able to justify it by other means. Okay, you're going to have spiritual abuse uh, as far as like exploiting religious authority. And oftentimes you see this. You've seen this a ton in like the Catholic Church, right? You've seen a ton in all, in all different religions. But like for the longest time, there's a big, big fuss and a big rise with Catholic Church and Catholicism with how priests would use and abuse their power over other people. And pedophiles, other women, like all this different kind of stuff happen because, okay, here's spiritual abuse. This is what God's telling me to do. This is what you need to listen to me. All these kind of things. Classic examples of spiritual abuse, okay? Because the narcissist might use this position in the religious community to be able to shame other people and doing what they want, to be able to silence them from actually coming forth and speaking their truth. All of these things, it's like, hey, how do I control the narrative? How do I control the story? And religious narcissist just has another tool in their toolbox of like how to be able to control you. And that's typically through the spirituality, religious Christian scripture frame, whatever it might be, of like, hey, this is what it says, this is what you're supposed to do, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay, so oftentimes like a religious narcissist will actually like shame the congregation or shame the people in the, the service, and shame the people that are part of their parishioners, whatever it might be. Okay. They're gonna shame other people for questioning their teaching. And sometimes you'll see this where someone might ask a question and like the guy gets really frustrated or flustered because he doesn't have a good answer. But he's more frustrated, not because he doesn't have a good answer, but because that person is questioning his authority. Oftentimes, like making it come across of like, I'm divinely appointed to be here, so you need to just listen to what I say. And they're like, but that doesn't make sense and it doesn't match up here. And he's like, doesn't really matter, is what I say. Okay. And, and sometimes it'll even insist and go along lines of like, well, it's actually a sin for you to doubt or disagree with me. When in reality, no, it's 100% not. Like question your faith. Question the people that are teaching you to make sure that it's actually legit, that it's actually real, that it's actually backed up by the right stuff. This is why some people like ask me and they're like, how are you qualified to talk about this? And I'm like, look at my stuff. If you don't like what, like what you see and if you don't validate some of the stuff that I'm going through and what I'm talking about, if it doesn't make sense or it doesn't match up in your world, then move on. But there's a lot of other people that it does, and that's who I'm here to be able to serve and help liberate from toxic narcissistic abuse. So the problem with the religious narcissist is you run into the impact that it has, and it becomes a giant ripple effect in all aspects of life, not just in like relationships, but it extends way beyond the immediate victim, the person that's right there. Oftentimes it'll negatively impact like giant faith communities. It'll impact like the entire church, the entire organization, whatever it might be. 
This is why also you have a lot of times people that are in places of power that fall from that. And then people discount the entire religion because they're like, see, if that's what it's about, then I don't want anything of it. And a lot of Christians have given Christianity a really bad rap because of that. Because they're hypocrites, because they're liars, because they're not someone that is actually willing to establish and live in truth. So if that's what you see, heck yeah, like why would you even want to be around that type of religion? Totally get that. Okay, the toxic behavior is going to affect a lot of different things. The manipulation, the divisive tactics that a lot of the narcissists will have will also all a lot of times lead to church splits, to people breaking apart, to people dividing, all of these things. And a lot of times they uh, want to use like words like sowing discord and you know, all this kind of stuff, because that's kind of like the terminology. But a lot of times it'll harm spiritual growth in other people's lives. And people won't actually see the light of what they're looking for because it's been overcast by this toxicity. So it's really important to be able to recognize these and address these. And if you're in a church or spiritual relationship with a narcissist or whatever it might be, and you see these issues, you need to address it to be able to have a healthy community, to be able to have a healthy connection to God, to the religion that you're in. And if you see the other person pushing back so much, like it's a big red flag. So please be careful. I mean, you need to actually be able to start moving forward with coping and with healing. And this is hard because sometimes you're under the frame that you're not allowed to question, ask questions, look at anything different than what this person says or believes, which can be super, super difficult. And so it's learning to actually be able to find strength in faith. And what I mean by that is if you've encountered someone who is toxic, narcissistic, religious narcissist, it's essential to prioritize your well-being and your healing. What this means is you're probably going to have to go down your own journey of studying the scriptures or studying the religion to be like, is this actually me? Is this what I want to be in? Is this what I not want to be in? Um, was he actually telling me the truth or was it just more lies? Sometimes you have to seek friends or family or members outside of whatever religious organization because they might already be blindsided by the toxic person. He might have already sold them a story so that when you try to talk to them about him or about the things he said, they're like, that didn't happen because they don't want to believe it. So many times in Christian religious organizations, they don't want to believe it because they don't want more shame coming back on them. So they hide it, they excuse it away, and oftentimes perpetuate more of the abuse inside those religious frames. If you want some more help just understanding some of the nuances of narcissism and actually breaking free mentally and emotionally from the toxic person, I want you to reach out for help. If you want to talk to me one-on-one, I would love to talk to you. You can go to rawmotivations.com. If you're ready to start moving forward in breaking free, join the Escape Toxicity Challenge at escapetoxicity.com. Seven days for $7 to help you move forward. It plugs you into a community of people that are going through the challenge the same time. Lifetime access. There's no additional charges. It's just you starting down the road of actually getting free. So click on that today.